Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, uh, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we are back at it again with episode number 21, Corey. Drinking age! Yeah, I remembered this time, aren't you impressed? I am very impressed, I am very proud of you, Chris. You know, round of applause everyone, go ahead. the, Not, but if you're driving, don't take both hands off the wheel, please. So drive safely. <laughs> so the the funny thing is, I made in the note as we're recording that this was actually episode twenty, and then I thought in my head I had to actually think about it, uh-huh, and so uh-huh. I did make a mistake, but I corrected didn't it. actually right. I corrected it before it well, came out. So we are proud of you for owning so, it. Yes. Um. So Corey, today. Today we're not talking about video games. No, so we are for the first take, time ever. It's a quick break, just a one week break. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, this week, I mean, in general, like video games are great. Twenty twenty one had some yes. great video games, but it also had some great other stuff. And mm-hmm. that's you know we we mentioned it last week, but we wanted to take a little bit of time to just kind of highlight some of the. I mean, for lack of a better term. Make an episode all about the extra bits. Talk about the it's other an stuff. Extra bitty episode. Oh yeah, and so that's what we're doing today. We're gonna we're gonna dig in. We're gonna talk about some other stuff. Favorite shows. Favorite music. Favorite just stuff that came out this year that we were really digging. And uh, you know, hope you dig it too. And if you don't, well, next week's our goatee discussion. You can come back for that. So yes. yes. <laughs> So Corey, without further ado, lead us off. Let me okay. tell us, tell me, tell the audience. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to talk about. I have an idea of uh, something I feel like, but um, okay, yeah, you know, su- surprise everybody. Show show us what you so show us what you got. Um. So, yeah, my favorite TV show year um, okay. was a little show on Amazon Prime called Invincible okay. um, which um, for listeners who don't know is a superhero show it's an animated yep. uh, superhero show starring um, Stephen Young um, from yep. The Walking Dead Glenn from The Walking Dead as our titular hero Mark aka Invincible though he never gets to actually say um, his superhero name Right. Uh, J.K. Simmons playing his father, Omni Man, um, and Sandra O oh playing um, his mother. Um, yes, and so it is. It starts off as a you know your simple, uh, pretty generic um, superhero story, um, and quickly evolves into something far more different. And yeah, yeah, the you know. We'll go ahead and spoilers, I guess, just out the yeah. gate for this. <clears throat> so if you yeah. haven't seen Invincible and you want to uh, watch it, uh, spoiler free, we do have timestamps in this episode. Please go ahead and check and uh, kind of, uh, I know it's, it is out the gate, but uh, kind of listen based on the timestamps accordingly from here. Yeah. Because uh, we will be talking spoilery stuff. Yeah. And in, yeah, in general, um, some of the stuff, I mean, it's just kind of the nature of it. Like we, we may end up spoiling a few things. So just be well aware, you know, listen, 
focus in occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, hear us whenever we make those remarks and look at the timestamps. That way, if there is something that you're worried about, um, you don't get spoiled on it. But yep. um, Invincible, Corey. Invincible. Uh, so without, you saw it. I saw it. Spoil it's, it. Yeah. Tell us uh, about so it. Without further ado, Mark's father, Omni-Man, um, just slaughters the um, this universe's essentially Justice League or Avengers. Um, yes. At the end of the first episode, he comes in, just kills all of them. And the rest of the show is kind of this cat and mouse game as the rest of the world tries to figure out who killed the Guardians of the Globe and Omni-Man throughout, which this is why I think it's why the show stuck with me so much is because it isn't so much a superhero show as much as it is a man and his son dealing with like completely changing their ideology. Um, as like brutal as the show gets, it's all about can Omni man overcome his own people's ideology and his own, um, fears of that. And, essentially just kind of exist and be a father for Mark. And the whole thing is he can't um, yeah. until the end when he does go against it. But so much damage has already been caused that there's yeah. irreparable damage. But um, yeah, going into more of what it's I like, a, it, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. I mean, yeah, to, I mean, to kind of, it was something that like for me watching it, um, it was something that I had to very strategically watch. You know, I think at that point, like my daughter was getting to the point where she was a little bit more aware of things that were like, could be aware of what was going on. Um, and so I couldn't watch it because it was like graphic (laughs) about a lot of things that were happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, because, you know, I feel like, superhero stories a lot of times do deal with very some sometimes very simple concepts of like good versus evil whatever and like you know i think on a surface level it is that like just you know the ethics morality of it like all that kind of stuff but it you know at its core like it was this show that really dug into mark growing and Mm -hmm. seeing his father as this like you know heroic figure and having his like slowly having those expectations or those like, you know, that view of his father shift and change. Mm -hmm. And then coming to that point of like, you know, what, what ultimately do you lean into? Do you lean into the nature or the nurture? Like, do you lean into Mm -hmm. like who you are? This is who you are. This is what you're supposed to become. Or do you lean into like, but these are my friends. These are the people that I've helped. These are all these yeah. kind of things. Like, and it, it did have some really interesting questions of like that, you know, related to both of them, like their relationship, but back into just the general idea of being a hero. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like, I don't know that it was like the most profound questions in in the no. world, but it's a very well done story. And it does have like, really emotional moments where you feel the power of some of those decisions as Mark's having to deal with them and, um, you know, really kind of like reckon with like, where does his allegiances lie? And and it's so much also Mark, as you were kind of saying, he had this thousand eye view of what his father did, went, saved the day, came home to 
a lovely wife and a kid and you made it all look so easy. And it's Mark growing up and realizing this isn't easy. This is far more difficult than it looked. And then it's what you were saying, kind of slowly losing that glowing, like that golden view that he has of his father and slowly seeing the underneath. But outside of all of the family dynamics, all of the drama there, it's a fun show. It is cool, sleek design. Animation's great, especially in the fight scenes. Some of the animation actually is not so great. It gets a little choppy at times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the voice acting is incredible. They have a great cast brought together, and the story is so interesting as well, just the whole lore and all the world around it. Um, It is proper fun for a lot of it. It is absolutely brutal. It is one of similar... I, I would compare it to the boys also on Amazon prime and that it pulls no punches of what it would be like if a superhero was out saving the day. But even right. then there are some scenes where it makes the Amazon's prime, the boys look tame, um, yeah. which is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, I, I love the show. It was incredible. Um, I went and picked up uh, the first compendium of the comics because it is based off of uh, okay. Robert Cook. Berkman's um, comic series Invincible. I think it's like, I think it's like ninety uh, something issues. Might be wrong. Okay. That. Okay. Um, but I picked up the first compendium, and it's like the first like thirty issues. Read through it all. It's it's so good. It's great. It has some crossover like Batman and Spider Man. Um, it, it's a, it's a lot of good fun, and it sticks pretty close to the comics with some um, extra stuff added in. But all around, great show. Uh, seasons two and three are coming. I'm very excited for them. Um, and yep. uh, if you haven't watched it and you're listening, sorry, I've spoiled a lot for you, but I do encourage you to go watch it. Um, yeah. Well, and hopefully that, if you're listening, then you, uh, you've also watched it. You're not being spoiled. Yeah. You've also watched it, but um, maybe for some people, maybe it intrigued them and maybe now they'll yeah. go watch it. Knows, I hope so. But. They should. It's, it, it's great. Yeah. It, it's very great. Good deal. Yeah, I like but, it. So that, that's, that's just one of my uh, bits for tonight. What, give us your first bit. Uh, so my, um, you went, you went animated. I'll go animated. Um, uh, Netflix, um, Arcane, the League of Legends uh, series that came out um, recently, not too long ago. I can't remember. Um, I actually haven't finished it. Have you watched Arcane at all, Corey? I haven't watched any of Arcane. I know it's just been okay. praised to the moon and back. Yeah. So for anybody, this will be spoiler free because I'm not even finished with it. So I'm not going to like dig in too deep. Um, but for anybody unaware is um, the developers riot behind League of Legends. You know, they've been... Over recent months, couple of years, they've been kind of trying to expand the brand into other avenues beyond League of Legends. Um, so you have games like Valorant, um, you have like the Ruined King RPG that recently came out, um, and they're expanding in other ways. And one of the big ones has been this Arcane TV series that highlights two i mean i guess well i'm not super familiar with league of legends lore i know that there are other characters in there but mainly highlights um two kind of notable characters vi and uh jinx um and it's this beautifully 
animated um I mean I've I've always been even as an outsider I've always been really fascinated with League of Legends lore. I think it's really deep. I think they're they have a lot of interesting locales and you know it's it's one of those things similar to like magic or D&D where they like yeah. they go in and they world build. Like they yeah. create all of this stuff that up until now I don't think has really been used all that much. It's just it's flavor. They're it's creating fair. their world. Yeah. And they're like League of Legends and now other media are just are inhabiting a world that they've created. And this is that essentially where it is just this like it's a classist class ish did um, kind of examination of these two like kind of rival cultures who were essentially in like a resource like gathering state you know they're in they're in a civil war almost and it's pitting like friends against friends and and just kind of like the development against the just general well-being of a populace and like it's really i think incredibly incredibly compelling even from a story perspective but i mean even whenever you strip that away it is just like i think an artistic masterpiece like it's very painterly it's very like smooth and well animated i mean like that's the thing is like i mean like you mentioned with invincible there are plenty of shows like invincible that are in that kind of thing where animation's potentially inconsistent or it's Mm -hmm. you know whatever and this is like i mean this is i mean i'm i've watched six of nine episodes it doesn't skip a beat just is brilliant moment to moment Um, and it's just, I mean, it is a, like, I think a lot of the praise has come from the fact that it is a video game adaptation, quote unquote. But Mm -hmm. I think in general, just as like a, an adaptation of source material or as an original work, like it is a, it stands on its own as something that is like worth digging into and watching because it does like have compelling cast, compelling characters, compelling story. And in general is just like kind of a joy to, to watch. Yeah. Um, the only, the only knock against it, I mean, not to drag them consistently. We kind of did a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. the <laughs> opening theme song is by imagine dragons. Yeah. Um, and don't love it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really good show though. It's, um, I've enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to, finishing it up here soon. Um, as is per my thing, I usually kind of drag through some of the stuff, but I've really been enjoying it. So I need to watch it. I've heard nothing but praise everywhere from every corner of the internet that it's yeah. amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. I've been, I started the Witcher season two. I want to get through that okay. before. But okay. That's next on my list. Uh, yeah. I need to also, so I never, I don't think I quite finished the Witcher season one. I watched most what? of it. Um, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't have, I think I just fell. I got distracted for yeah. whatever reason and then um, get back. Um, so the plan has been, I want to rewatch season one before Fair. I dig into season two. So I mm-hmm. haven't done that yet. Um, 
but yeah. I've heard I've heard some good stuff about season two. I I enjoyed what I watched of season one and um would you know I'm looking forward to it. It makes me want to replay The Witcher Three Wild Hunt, which is yeah. one of my top ten games of all time. It is yeah, but uh, I I went pretty hard on yeah, Wild did. Hunt. I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm like removed enough to want to do a full playthrough but i i I think i am at the point i really would like to play at least the um dlcs yeah yeah, dude the blood and wine blood and wine's real the blood and wine and you know i think that some new content in that i could really get behind yeah no but okay Hmm. what else you got Corey? what else Um, are you my digging so I have a couple more bits, but we'll we'll hit the next one. Uh, album, <laughs> music. Uh, there are a couple other shows that I like, but I really just mainly wanted to talk on Invincible. Um, but albums, there's a, there's a few uh, records that have come out this year that I have really dug. I mean, obviously, I've spoken in the past of Red Taylor's version came out a couple yes. weeks ago. So good, I love it. All the new stuff's great. Um, and it, yeah, it's good. I my primary album I've listened to at work while I'm just doing kind of busy work has been uh, Snail Mail's Valentine, um, a okay. good um, just kind of like background music record. Um, it's a lot of fun, pretty like steady throughout. There isn't a ton of like uh, shift change um, throughout it, but overall pretty good. Um, I would okay. like to say I was disappointed with Lord's uh, Solar Power. Uh, okay. album I was expecting a lot more I think is just the best way I can yeah. describe it it was pretty underwhelming not that it was bad yeah. but um, I hold Lord in a pretty high regard in terms of yeah. musician um, but her so her how many albums does she have out three now what was okay so Solar Power was her third yeah album. so um, okay. First one was Pure Heroin, which had Royals, which is her big hitter, but it had a lot yes. of really just good songs in general, specifically Ribs, which is a insanely good song. I don't know if you've yeah. ever listened to it. Uh, I don't think I have, actually. I'm familiar with a lot of that album, but I don't think I've actually listened to that. Uh, then Melodrama was the second one, which is, in terms uh, of yeah. start to finish, is one of the best albums I think I've ever heard, just period. Okay. Um, especially, yeah, um, it's, it's really good. And so I had very high expectations for solar power when, um, I think the expectation was probably a little too high. And so you're always going to be a little disappointed. Um, but I was a little underwhelmed. That happens sometimes. I mean, um, yeah, I I listened to a few songs off of, um, solar power and they were fine. I mean, nothing, nothing's bad, but blown away with, but. Um, and then, but my, I have two albums of the year, essentially, um, bleachers take the sadness out of Saturday night. Um, not my favorite of the three bleachers albums that have come out. Um, but I listened to it back front multiple times. Um, just a, I think a very well put together album, the pacing is well from start to finish. Um, nothing seems out of place. Nothing feels out of place. Um, I mean, 91 is one of my favorite openers of any album that's uh, come out. The way it just kind of slow steadies you in to kind of what the vibe and kind of like the sound of what the record's going to be. 
and then it just okay. has great um just like big moments if that makes sense like okay. chinatown finishes extremely extremely well stop making this hurt is just a banger um don't go dark on me is a very sort just um long not long but just this winding kind of very just sad song with a very not happy vocals and sounds but it's like this weird mix of a very pleasant melody and I don't know how to describe it that gives it justice just listen to it Um, okay and then I'm actually all of this sounds very foreign to me I'm not familiar (laughs) with you should go listen to this Chris and then uh, 45 which is a song that uh, me and my wife wanted to have at our wedding that was supposed to play um, when we like left the reception Uh and the DJ just never played it um, <laughs> we were kind of waiting for it to turn on because we stood there for a hot minute and um, it, it just never turned on. So we just left. But 45 was supposed to play uh, another great song. It was mm-hmm. your your DJ was a little little extra. Yeah, we, we asked him not to be. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> things happen. He, um, he had some stuff. He, he was did. A, yeah. He was yeah. a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. Okay. Cheap. And then yeah. but my my other <laughs> album of the year. Um, is kind of not out not out of left field if you know me, but compared to what I have listed off, it probably mm. out of left field. Uh, Tyler the Creator's "Call Me If You Get Lost." Um, okay, a uh, his follow up to Igor, which was uh, widely acclaimed and praised, that I first did not like too much. Okay, um, but he kind of brought back the Flower Boy vibes that really um, I never listened to him before that, um, so I don't. But that album I love a lot. And Call Me If You Get Lost, I love a lot. Yeah, I've listened to it many, many, many a times through and have like consistent ones that I'll just like toss on while driving. Um, specifically, um, what's your name? Um, Massa um, Juggernaut. And yeah, it's good. Okay. It's yeah. really, really good. I am also not super familiar with Tyler, the creator. I mean, I'm, I am more aware of his most recent album and just him in general than bleachers. But, um, I think you'd like Igor in. Yeah. It, I'll listen to it. I need to, I need to it's check very, it out. Igor is very different. It's not, it, I don't know. It's not, I mean, it is rap, um, but it's so much more. It's not bad. Okay. It, it just wasn't my taste. It's it's actually yep. very good. I I can. It's one of those things where you like you listen to it. You're like I don't know if this is really for me, but I can understand and appreciate that this is actually incredibly well made and well done. You know. Yeah. Um. It's one yep. of those albums for me where I'm like, I know you're great, but just not quite my cup of tea. But you should. I think yep. you would like yep. it. Okay. I'll yeah, have to so check it out. Those are my music bits. Very nice. Yeah, I, I, so I create, I listen to a good bit of music, um, through Spotify and I create a lot of playlists and I, um, but yeah, a lot of my music, I mean, it's not old, but it's not like this year. Like, I think a lot of the stuff, like during my Spotify wrapped, I think a lot of the stuff came out like 
I don't know. Let me see. Um, let me look at my most listened to when this song. Okay, 2018, 2019. So, you know, last couple of years. But, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't listen to a ton of like the most recent music. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to to uh, to contribute to that. Um, the uh, the only thing I can think of, I don't even know. I don't know. Who knows? Go listen to uh, Taylor's Red. I guess. Yes. I don't even know if I've listened Do to it. that very much, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but Corey will recommend it, and you know, um, all too my, well. Ten minute version. That's all you listen to. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my next one is also TV. Um, I want to take a minute to talk about Squid Game, which I think oh, at one point yeah. during the podcast, like you had just recently watched it. I hadn't finished it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have much thoughts. Um, not too long later, I finished it yeah. and had a lot of thoughts. Um, as you should, I, yeah, I won't. I could go into spoiler stuff. I won't. I mean, just because like I would rather take the approach of trying to convince people who haven't seen squid game to see it. Um, because it is a genuinely compelling, I don't know. I feel like I'm saying compelling a lot. It's a, it is a very interesting show. It's, I, I think 2021 had like, an overall theme of um, like in games, the theme seemed to be like time loop games. You have your yeah, death loop, Returnal. you have loop hero, you have Returnal, you have like all this kind of stuff. That was kind of the theme. It Overboard. seemed like for 2021. Yeah. In 2021, you had your TV leaning into like classist kind of structures. Um, so it's not really on my list to talk about, but like I watched White Lotus earlier in the year, yep. um, which also kind of falls into that category where it's very much like terrible rich people. Um, my wife and I are watching through Succession right now, nice. um, which is also terrible rich people. Um, and it and Squid Game is also that essentially. I mean, it's a different take, but it very much is this like, you know, the terrible things that rich people do to basically be stay rich to find like enjoyment and stay rich right to become richer and also to find enjoyment at the expense of the not rich mm-hmm. um and it's this like i mean for anybody i you know i'm sure you've heard the name squid game but if you're unaware i mean it's basically kind of like a battle royale type show a la hunger games where you know these uh, 456 like odd contestants um who are in like varying states of debt and you know just kind of like financial um despair um who essentially like voluntarily enter into these death games where they are eligible to win significant amounts of money if they can just survive to the end And the reality is, like, I mean, the likelihood that many of them will is not very high. Yeah. Um, But it's a, it is a show that, like, I think 
in the first episode, like when people, it's not really so much of a spoiler, but you know, there were memes going around or at least images going around of like the big eyed girl. Yeah. And like people running in the field and like, you know, that was kind of the thing. Like that was the thing that was presented was, it was like, that was the hook people, right. People getting killed, like just this big death game. And like, that is kind of the thing. Like it's put out very early that people can die, that people like that. This is a, this is going to be a lot harder than these people thought it would be. Um, but the show really kind of morphs into like really examining its characters and really kind of like giving a lot of heart to these characters who, I mean, at the start of it, were largely kind of um, in some ways unlovable. Like, yep. you know, one of the characters like is gambling away all his money and like really ruining a relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Um, you kind of see him as like potentially a deadbeat or, you know, whatever, but he ends up being like this kind of moral compass that you're seeing throughout the show. And like, you're seeing these characters kind of evolve to where, you know, they are, they're just people. They're people who have made bad decisions, who have been in bad places, but are still people. Yeah. And in some cases, like those people turn out to be legitimately evil and legitimately bad. Um, but in some cases, they turn out to be very like lovable, likable, very admirable characters. And it was a show that like I think gets you with the hook of like anybody can die. It's Game of Thrones out there. Like it's just, yeah, you know, you never know what's going to come next. But it really kind of sticks with this idea of like the general overall theme of just the perverse nature of the ultra rich yes. and their like need for entertainment, but also to just the general idea of here are the, these are people like regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what they're fighting for. Like, you know, these are people with real struggles who are, who are invested in this for real reasons. And you really get invested in a lot of these characters and a lot of what they're going through. And you do have characters that you root for and that you want to see actually succeed and get to this end. Um, and I think it was like, it was genuinely, I mean, it could have just been like a murder show, like, yeah. but it wasn't, it had a lot of heart, had a lot of character development and really, you know, I think was, I think all of the hype on it was well-deserved. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't have really any two more, much more to add on top of what you've just said. It's, yeah, it's really good. Um, it is extremely uh, violent at times. Um, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that is something to be aware of going in. Um, my wife doesn't enjoy a lot of gore and stuff like that, but that, this was something that she was so intrigued and invested in that um, it didn't really phase her as much as a yeah. most shows or movies that kind of have that level do. Um, but yeah, it, it's really good. Um, it does. Yeah, it, it is really good. It's really, it's very, it sounds weird to say, but, um, wholesome at times. There's like a lot of hope, um, with some yeah. of the cast. Yeah. Um, but it's also, yeah, no, it's just good. Just go watch it. If you haven't watched it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, all I got is I like it. All righty. What else you got, Mr. Corey? Um, I'm going to hit 
a um kind of a subscription, I guess. Uh, um, okay. So interesting. Um, my wife's mom, so my mother-in-law, um, oh. has or has a Peloton app subscription. It's like twelve dollars a month. Ah. Um, and we, um, me and my wife have bummed it off of her. Um, okay. So shout out to you, Pam. I know you listened to a few episodes. So if you're listening, um, <laughs> shout out to you. Hi, Pam. And, um, and um, we, I've been using that for like six months now. Um, a goal I had this year was to, you know, lose some weight. And I've been using this probably like four times a week. It has like in-home workouts for like yoga, uh, cycling, lifting weights, doing body weight, um, and nice. all different sorts of different levels like beginner intermediate advanced different time amounts and i really like work myself up from doing like 5 10 20 minute yoga classes to doing like body weight um strength and conditioning to doing like full weights and everything and i've lost like over 30 pounds during that oh gosh yes. and, jesus look at you yeah. not, not like two to my own horn a little bit you know i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm happy but at the same time like um everything was like very well like structured out um i know if you have a peloton bike you have to have the the subscription then the subscription is like 70 bucks but just to have the subscription on its own is like 12 bucks a month okay and so you you don't have any of the like the treadmill the bike any of the peloton equipment you're just using the app well yeah we just have like a like just the regular subscription um we do have a stationary bike that we just use the cycling classes that they have in our own bike and, you know, we're not paying 70 bucks a month for a subscription or paying ridiculous amounts for an overpriced bike. Um, yeah. And so I would just like to say if, you know, you are wanting, you know, to work out more, to, you know, find like classes and stuff that's like can be very like custom tailored um, to what you need and how you need to like ease into it. It's been great. Like I said, they have okay. classes that range from anywhere from five minutes to I think like 90 minutes. Um, you pick your time, your ease, what you want to work, and then they have just hundreds of classes for you to go and kind of like use, find, and like work through. Um, okay. They have like training like periods and like plans and everything as well. Uh, my wife, she's doing like a two week like boxing like in- introduction mm-hmm. to like boxing class, and yeah, I mean it, even if. Um, my mother-in-law wasn't paying for it. We would absolutely be paying for it kind of thing. Okay. Um, but okay. it's one of those things where also you can, I think it can be on like unlimited amounts of devices as well. So if like you and a couple of your friends want to, are looking for something, you don't want to go to a gym or have to, um, each person like have their own thing, all invest on it and kind of all go in on one and kind of have it there. It's been great though. Okay. Um, well, goodness, so. Pam, I may end up having to bum that off of you too. Cause yeah, I'll take you I, out of gear. Um, I <laughs> recently just went to the doctor just for kind of a general checkup and found out that I had gained, I think since the start of the pandemic have gained about 20 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. Which that's about what it was, you know, I mean, in that time went on anti-anxiety medications. My daughter was born. There was a pandemic. Like I can't beat myself up about. No, you can't. No, there's no. Um, But yeah, I am 
I'm definitely in a place where I wanna wanna lose a little bit of weight. I need to. Hey. Peloton yeah. gets pooped on a lot, and I was one of the poopers for a bit. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, you know, there's a reason y'all kind of charge a lot of money for your stuff. You got your ish oh, yeah. together. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, I would just, you know, do a quick little subscription and just roll with it from there is pretty Maybe solid. Check them out. Yeah. To their credit or fault. Um, yeah. I mean, most of their dramas come from them, their equipment more than yeah. anything. So yeah. um, the actual programs, you know, that's, it's great. It's yeah. their treadmills that'll kill children. So um, this is true. So, <laughs> Um, but that's neat though. I might actually have to, to check that out. I do. I've used like Apple fitness, um, their thing a little bit. Um, I did a trial for that and, um, that was pretty solid. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in that stage of needing to figure out cause, and you have experience with, you used to run too. I mean, um, my former prime like workout time yeah you you ran a lot more than i ever did but um when i was like at my peak athleticism like i was running regularly and stuff and so at a place right now where like i don't necessarily have the time to run like to drive somewhere and then run for like an hour and then drive back and like you know doing more stuff at home i you know figuring out what works within my schedule um is is a big deal and you know finding something like that could could help. Also yoga. I need to get into mm-hmm. some yoga. I, I could I could definitely use for some of that. I get home from work uh, around like five twenty, five thirty. And during the summers I would just, you know, I work my way up like a twenty minute yoga class and it's twenty minutes on the dot pretty much every time. I lay out the mat and just get home and knock it out. And yeah, it's great. I recommend I love it. I recommend it. Good deal. Yeah. Very nice. That was a very nice recommendation. I like it. Well, what can I say? My, so my next one is, is honestly probably my like non-gaming thing of 2021. Like I, I want to go through some, some runner ups and just kind of some honorable mentions, some stuff that, um, you know, I didn't necessarily put on my list or finish or whatever, but like the thing that, I I really took away from 2021 was um Bo Burnham's inside. Um that was the thing from the year that like I really I don't know, like vibed with in some huge way. Um did you watch Bo Burnham's inside? I did not. Um oh, You didn't. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I did not. I okay. apologize. Um yeah, it um so it came out, I don't know, earlier in the year, first half of the year, uh, April, May, June. Um, it was, you know, for anybody kind of unfamiliar, I mean, it was pretty critically acclaimed. Um, so people may have heard about it, but essentially Bo Burnham, you know, who's been absent from comedy for a number of years yeah. um, during the pandemic recorded kind of a one-man um like in a room comedy special where he like really kind of went all out on lighting and all of this, like just this kind of like production value of creating this um, kind of like guy in the moment sort of production. 
Um, and it was, I mean, really genuinely impressive, like as something to look at because it could have just been like a guy staring at a camera, but it was a lot of like, there was a lot of really interesting production value there. Um, but the thing that like, there were a couple of things that I took away from it. Um, for one, I mean, I don't know that it's ever like explicitly mentioned, but it's very like, I think when my daughter is in high school and they give lessons about like what it was like during the pandemic, stuff like this will be on display because it is this kind of thing. It's a guy who, and I mean, you don't know necessarily like how many people he's interacting with or to what, like, but at least the, the implication of it is like, he's locking himself away and like, he's, you know, he's spending all of his time kind of um, digging through this creation that he's making and this message that he wants to tell. And, you know, it does give kind of this rounded picture of pandemic life where it's just like stuck inside constantly, almost like some creative bursts of like brilliance, some like, episodes of madness, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, like, you know, just these like range of human emotions of like what it's like to exist during this period. And, you know, people had different versions of that, but I, you know, I would, you know, I, I, I think I made a comment like around the time that, that I watched it, that it was like, if I didn't have a daughter and we didn't have like kind of a safe bubble of people. Yeah. Yeah that we had kind of allowed to be around during that period. I was like, this would have just been me. I would have been laying around a bunch of wires in the floor, cuddled up with a blanket, just catatonic, you know, in it was, it was, it was very kind of like prescient in that way. But I think the thing that like further hit it home was the fact that like during this recording, Bo Burnham turns 30 years old. Like there's this whole segment where like he turns 30, he has a song about being and turning 30. And as of the time of this recording in a couple of weeks, I will be turning 30. Yep. And it was a thing where I was watching that and it was like, it further kind of connected with me. Like not just the life of somebody who's living through this pandemic, but the life of somebody who is turning 30 feels like they're aging up out of this feeling like they're, I mean, obviously Bo Burnham's from a much different, like he's been in comedy and kind of celebrity hood for years and years. Like since I was in like middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're, I mean, it's the general, like I think people generally vibe with people of similar ages who have like, very well thought out kind of perspectives of that experience. Um, because I think it's difficult to kind of articulate like what you're feeling existentially, for instance, whenever you're hitting certain ages and like what that means. And whenever you hear somebody who can like really articulate it properly, yeah, it vibes with you. And that was kind of the thing was like watching this, it felt like, the frustrations and like the struggles that I dealt with despite like Bo Burnham not having a child and, you know, me kind of being 
moving into fatherhood, like our situations being different, I did feel like represented in a way. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was being, you know, I felt like this was something where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not crazy. Or if I am crazy, other people are crazy. Like I'm, I'm feeling this. This is the stuff that I was feeling during all of this. Like, you know, and it was just like the songs, you know, Bro Burnham's a song comedian. Yeah. The songs that he sings during it, I mean, go all over the map of like his personal experience, like being on the internet and like being in the limelight and, you know, creating content for people um, during like creating content that's supposed to make them smile during a time where they only want to cry and like, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But like, there was just this kind of overall theme of what it's like to age during a pandemic and feel periods of your life just essentially slipping away. Like these huge milestones essentially just being checked off and moved through in solitude. Um, And I don't know. It was something like, I mean, look up any review about inside and you'll probably see like more profound things than I've said. It's been a while since I've, I've listened to the soundtrack consistently on Spotify, but it's been a while since like I've watched it just start to finish. Um, so I don't have like the clearest picture. Um, but it was a thing where, I mean, I remember at the time being, being legitimately in a way kind of moved because it did just kind of like it vibed with me. And it was this very like, the last couple of years, this just feels like my experience. If it feels like what I'm going through, what I'm moving through, like the stuff that I'm feeling moving into being 30 years old, like the stuff that I'm afraid of, you Mm -hmm. know, there's, there's a line in his song about turning 30 about like all of the things that his granddad did before he was 30, like fought in Vietnam that, you know, was like, like had accomplishments and the best that he had done is made a birdhouse with his mom. Like, and, and I feel that like legitimately feel like I'm turning 30. What have I done? And you know, there's, and I think that I think when you have things that are existential that do kind of speak to some of those crises, it does kind of like validate. Cause I think a lot of times, like, even though, Every plenty of people will be turning 30 next year. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, you, you, sometimes you need some, sometimes it feels like you're alone and sometimes you need that voice to just like kind of speak into the experience that you're having. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, I felt like I connected it with it in a serious way. And, um, for 2021, like it was the thing that I think consistently, stuck with me where it was like, I was thinking about it afterward where months later I was still thinking about like how it made me think, how it made me feel. Um, and like, I feel like I took a lot away from it. So now I feel like I have to watch this. You have done an incredible job of selling it to me, I guess is the best way I can put it. But, um, I mean, I remember hearing all about it. It's very much worth watching. Like Bo Burnham, had I, I, you know, I didn't really follow Bo Burnham whenever he was like a younger yeah. YouTube star, but like he went through like his stuff of being immature and, you know, being kind of, um, kind of a troll and whatever. But like 
as he's gotten older, I think he's become kind of a really brilliant kind of like critic of the millennial experience. Um, and I think it's like, I'm glad that he, I know that he does like he directs and produces like movies and stuff. And so he's kind of been vibing with it in that way. But, you know, I was really glad to see him step back into um, this role and kind of create something like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember Bo Burnham making it big, quote unquote, back when I was in middle school or high school around Mm -hmm. that time. All my friends would watch and I mean, I would too. And when it came out, I I think the main reason I didn't want to watch is because everything I was hearing from people, I'm like, I think this scares me. I don't know if I want to experience (laughs) the feelings that I know I will have watching this. But now that. Yeah. I love to say now that we're a good bit removed from, you know, kind of where the world was at there. We're not. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I feel in a much better spot to watch it now. Yeah. So. And I, and I think it's, it's one of those things like it does kind of feel like they're because it, it doesn't feel like he's wallowing in it. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel like he's depressed. It feels like he's, has something to say about like, it's a, when you get to the end of it, it feels like you're better for it. Like the overall message being like, we will persevere, you know, that kind of thing. Like we will create in spite. We will live in spite. We will like, these things will go on despite the pandemic and despite all these struggles. And so like, I think that there is an optimistic air of like, you can get to the end of it and feel like, okay, things are going to be okay. And like, that is a positive thing to take away from it. It doesn't feel like it's just wallowing in depression after this tragedy, this like international tragedy that's been going on for the last couple of years. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, What else you got, sir? uh, I'm going to hit my books section. Um, okay. So I I finished the Dune series, um, the book, uh, the six book series this year. We read Harry Potter. I'm now reading The Wheel of Time. I know it's a show out on Amazon Prime right now. Um, I'm the first book, so I'm going to watch the first couple episodes, and I was hooked. So now I'm watching. Now I'm reading the book, and I'm going to finish the show or rewatch the show later. But um, okay, I, a, a huge book that stuck out to me this year is our listeners know I'm a big Manchester United. Uh, football club fan. Um, yes, we do. Um, love soccer. And this year I read Sir Alex Ferguson's Managing My Life uh, autobiography, which is basically okay. just his, the tale of himself from when he was a wee lad up in Scotland and, um, and how he rose to become the, the greatest coach, in my opinion, in history of sports. Um, okay. And so, yeah, uh, if you are a soccer fan or if you are a sports fan in general, I think it's a must read, but it goes into, um, his, um, childhood, how he grew up in the game, how the game evolved with him, his career playing in Scotland, which I knew very little of, uh, he was a Scottish international, um, how there were, um, I knew there were, um, very different or very strong clashing. Um, religious groups 
in Scotland, okay. but specifically also within like the soccer scene. And there's Protestants and Catholics. And like, if you are a Catholic, you do not play. Um, I believe hmm. with Rangers, if I if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and if you are a Protestant, um, you do not play with um, Celtic. Um, I might have those backwards oh. in my brain right now. It's late. I'm, I apologize if I do. If you are from Scotland, you're listening and you are and you're raging at me um, because apparently it is a very heated, very um, discriminatory uh, thing because Ferguson goes into how essentially um, he got kicked off the team because they found out his wife um, was a practicing Catholic. Um, again, I, I have it backwards. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he went into like the, essentially like they, he was just like kicked out of Rangers because of his wife's, um, religious practices. Um, they're just like, yeah, no, sorry. You, they didn't come out and say it kind of a thing, but that was, it was essentially like the reason he believes he was removed and many people have like confirmed it for him, but he was never told outright by the guy. And he has some very, okay. very bitter words to the man who essentially released him. Um, and there okay. you read it, you're like, wow. that is cold kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but it, go, it goes into how he stepped into the Manchester United job and how he like, changed the culture there, brought up some of um, the legends um, that United have there as well. Um, talking like Roy Keane. Um, there's a little bit on Beckham. Um, there the Neville brothers. Um, there is there's a lot on Giggs. Um, at the time. Um, but now Giggs. Uh, Ryan Giggs. If uh, you are in the soccer world, you know. Um, uh, currently, um, facing uh, charges of domestic violence. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, definite. And he he's not like a great person either. Just look into a little bit of him. <laughs> Um, fantastic <laughs> soccer player, but not a great person. Um, okay. But the the whole book is fascinating. It's just like this in-depth look and stories of transfers of how they brought in this kid from the Ukraine. And then, um, essentially on like, uh, his agent told him to meet him here at one at like one o'clock in the morning somewhere, gave him like $400,000 in cash which this was in like 89. So a a lot more money now. Um, Not a ton more, but you know, you're looking in the millions and he didn't know what to do with it. So he just took it back to the chairman at United. They just put it in a safe. And eventually when they sold the kid, he just gave it back to the agent. Like, here you go. I I don't want anything to do with this. Um, But it's stuff like that of just like all these behind the scene stuff that I didn't know about. Like I've watched plenty of the old games, um, read up on like a lot of the happenings that was going on, but hearing kind of from the man himself, some of the stuff was incredibly fascinating. And I found okay. a, a very compelling read. I think it was like eight, 900 pages and I burned through it. Um, wow. yeah, it's, it was really good. Um, and again, you are any sort of sports fan. Um, I highly recommend, um, as whether you think he's the greatest manager of all time or not, his trophy record would say he is. Um, he is definitely okay. one of the greatest managers or, or head coaches, wherever you want to call them, that's ever taken, that's ever been on the world stage. As he, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good deal. Very nice. Yeah. Well, Corey, I feel like I have to share a book now. Um, you don't I didn't have read. To. I, well, I, I've, I've read some good books this year. Um, I just don't know that I read any that released this year. I'm not sure. Um, but no, I'll, uh, I'll share a, a little bit of a book, honestly, that like I read at the very beginning of the year. Um, and don't like it's some of the specifics are a little bit lost on me, but, um, actually kind of bridges over to what we were talking about, about the time loop, um, situation in video games this year. Um, the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, if you're familiar. Uh, I think you brought this up before, um, but go ahead. It's possible. I'm not sure. Um, it is very... It's very kind of like if Death Loop was a book. Okay. In a way. <laughs> like it's um so I'm I'm a big fan of like cozy mysteries, like Ag- Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Like these, you know, just kind of like short, witty, like who done it kind of reads right. where, you know, stuff's kind of getting pieced together and all that kind of stuff. Um it has a lot of that vibe. Um, but basically it's a, it's a book of like, it's a character or it's a guy who every, like essentially is living a loop of the same, like seven to eight days over and over and over again. And every day he wakes up in the body of somebody else, like same consciousness, but is in the body of like, maybe he's a butler. Now he's a gardener. Now he's like this lord and now he's whatever um it's like it, i i say all those things I, I think it takes place in like early 20th century right. britain like okay. it's um you know not not ancient but it's you know there's some antiquated rightness to it um but there's a woman named evelyn hardcastle who is murdered every day and it's his job to kind of figure out and if he doesn't like he is, it resets the loop. His consciousness just is kind of like he forgets everything and he kind of starts over and oh, he forgets. similar. Yeah. Similar a la like death loop could have been living this loop for thousands of years for all we know. Like he could, this could be his billionth time doing this, but who knows? Um, and you know, another connection to <laughs> death loop, there is a, another person who is aware of what's going on to him, who is actively hunting him and trying to keep him from figuring out like what's going on. Um, but it's this very, like, I don't know, like it's not, I would be remiss to say it's like this profound thing. Like there are plenty of books. It's a cozy mystery. Like it's a, it's a high concept cozy mystery. It's Agatha Christie with just like a higher concept above it. It's, you know, it's a whodunit figuring out this murder mystery, but it has this kind of like time loop element into it. And it's, um, I enjoyed it. I think it was a really neat thing. And it was all honestly kind of ironic. Cause at the time, I mean, we had a trailer for death loop, right. But I didn't know about like, I mean, we, right. Who knew that there would be so many, <laughs> so many right. things like that. And then it, you know, I kind of, um, honestly didn't think about it too much um in the last couple of months but uh whenever i read it like it was just a really 
fun, fun read. I enjoyed it. Check yeah, it out. It, was it good. sounds very fun. I liked it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's neat. Um, I think kind of wrapping up um, for me now um, mm-hmm. is movies. Um, so I got okay. like three movies on the mind. Uh, first one just came out. Spider-Man No Way Home. Go see it. Yep. Um, yep. Very much. Go, go see it. I don't want to talk anything more about it other than to tell you to go see it. Um, it's worth it. And also second, go see it. It's very good. Um, next, um, I want to talk uh, Green Knight. Um, or the Green Knight. Yes. I, yeah. So me, I as I've said multiple times, I love fantasy. I love high fantasy. Um, and the Arthurian legends as well. I have always found it very interesting. And the Green Knight in the tale of Sir Garwin, or Sir Garwin and the Green Knight. Um, yep. Is one I knew about um, and had read before. Um, but... Uh, Seeing the trailer for the movie, I did not know what to expect. Uh, right. Because while it looked kind of similar, it took a very different twist, as a lot of, I think, um, Arthurian legend tales have started to do so. They've taken a more interesting twist recently. Right. And to see this kind of, I wouldn't say jolly, but more lighthearted adventure with some like fun, playful twist throughout be taken and turned to almost not quite a, not a horror movie, but very suspenseful, very edge of your seat scenes, very unsettling and not as uncomfortable scenes throughout as Garwin works his way through the English countryside in search of the green Knight, And so spoilers on this, um, I guess 2000, not quite that old, but thousand year old tale at this point. Yep. Um, on Christmas, no, on new year's Eve, um, a green Knight comes into Arthur's, uh, round court and basically says, um, you know, I invite anyone to strike me, and then a year and a day, um, I get to pay the return uh, blowback, is essentially what it yep. is. Uh, no one really wants yep. to step up to the plate, but Garwin, who's kind of a green knight, quote-unquote, in that he doesn't have many adventures, nothing to really tell about, no glory, steps to the plate, yep. thinks he can outsmart the green knight, and chops his head off, um, thinking that no blow will be return to him in advance and in return because there's to give it lo and behold the green knight picks his head up um says he'll see garwin in a year and a day hops on his horse and rides away laughing um and the the tale you know the written and oral history of is that you know he goes and uh eventually he finds the green knight and it's um morgana the the witch who kind of is uh the villainy of all the stories of the Arthurian legends. And they just give him a little Nick um, and sends him on his way. Yep. While the movie takes a far more dark and sinister approach throughout as he um, is robbed on the highway is struggling uh, to find food, starving um, finds like, a house where a woman was murdered and her ghost doesn't haunt him, but just kind of ask him to find her skull in a pond. And like, this is creepy. Um, and then it 
this it slowly unfolds and it kind of follows some of the same beats in the tale where he finds the friendly house near the green chapel. They bring him in. Um, he's seduced by the man's wife. Um, it gets real. A lots of sexual tension. Um, okay. <laughs> lots of sexual tension throughout this part. Okay. Um, but the ending is so different the the book or the oral tale that's there instead of it being kind of a cheap game the green knight rises as simply as the green knight is um and how he looks um it, it's made apparent at the beginning of the movie that um garwin uh, dave patel who crushes the role mm-hmm. by the way his mother is morgana and uh, she creates okay. the green knight um, but the Green Knight is created and is simply, simply or seemingly sentient from that moment on. And okay. um, Garwin finds the Green Knight and he basically like, get on your knees, kind of a thing. And Garwin's looking at him like, what? Like, yeah, you cut my head off. I'm going to cut your head off. And yeah. it's this montage of Garwin fleeing and it shows him living the rest of his life and it's a sad life. Um, he, mm-hmm. he goes on to become king as he's technically next in line to be king, even in the tales. Um, he watches Camelot's kingdom crumble and fall. He watches um, his son die in battle that he has with essentially his lover um, uh, throughout the movie. And in the, not throughout, at the beginning of the movie, he like, rips his son from, his, from her arms because it's not his wife. It's very sad. And eventually the kingdom falls and uh, he dies. Um, there's there's a lot of okay. uh, symbolism with the a green sash he's given. Then it kind of yeah. it flashes back to him uh, at the feet of the Green Knight, and he kind of whether it's him imagining how this plays out or whether it's him seeing how it plays out, he ultimately decides instead of um, living the life of as a coward and living a, not a full life but a very long life that ultimately ends in sadness, he would rather be courageous in this moment and accept the moment for what it is in that um, not everyone gets to have that. And he chooses to let, you don't know whether the knight cuts his head off or not. Um, but it's very much implied that he does. Um, okay. And he, he makes that bold decision because throughout the movie, he's portrayed as a coward. He's very scared. Even the tales, he's very scared and he gets his moment of redemption in history. In my opinion, of he, yeah. whether it's a stupid choice or not, is up for your interpretation, but he gets to make the brave choice. He gets to make the courageous choice, and he does it. You know, this is a deal he had struck that he thought he could get the better end of, and that's not always how it works. And yeah. he faced the, the, the green man's axe. And it's a great, yeah. great movie. Cinematography is phenomenally done. The score is incredible. Dave Patel crushes the role. Everyone crushes their roles. Um, I've spoiled a lot for it, but I, it, I don't do it just, I highly encourage yeah. anyone to go watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then it, Dune. Dune's great. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the green Knight um, movie this year was probably like one of my biggest misses. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like an incredible film. I heard a lot of great things. Um, I really, you know, it, it seemed like the Dev Patel, like, 
portrayal of it and kind of like the different ish take that was going to happen was, you know, that there was going to be a lot of really neat stuff kind of coming out of that. Um, but you know, I've read, we had to read, um, Gwen in the green Knight whenever I was in high school, college ish. So, you know, I was familiar with the story, but, um, yeah, it, I really want to go and see it at some point. Cause it, um, Seems like a really good. All right, I've kind of explained what happens. I it's a must. Watch. No, I mean I'm familiar with the story, so I mean a lot of it is not really, not really spoilery. It's more just kind of the fox yeah. is there. It talks. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mythology. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's an old. It's an old story. Yeah, it's like been told said, billions of times. Like I said, this is a thousand years old, and Garwin, in my opinion, finally gets his redemption, or, yeah. or Gwen, as you pronounce. They pronounce it Garwin in the movie. Uh, yeah, in the and I could be mis. I, I'm pretty sure it's Gwen in the original, like yeah, and, text. I guess, um, but you know, either or, it's neither here or there. Nah. Um, that's but, it for me, man. That, that's all my bits. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I don't really have much else. I mean, I have a couple of runner ups um, that I'll kind of lightly mention, like um, Wandavision this year. I thought was really neat. Great, really neat. Um, you know, had like weakish moments, but was overall like I think I was really impressed by just some of the chances that they took in trying to tell that story. Um, you know, Loki I was a little bit less impressed with, but I also yep. enjoyed um, you know, Ted Lasso season two. I need to watch Ted Lasso. Um, yeah. Um, I know it's, you know, less regarded, um less highly regarded, but you know, still Ted Lasso is Ted Lasso and yeah. still is just fun. Um, you know, and, and there are a couple of, th- you know, there are a number of things that I've, um, neglected to, to watch or see. I mean, um, mainly like some horror stuff like midnight mass. I remember yeah. getting a lot of acclaim around Halloween that I really wanted to see and never, got around to um you know there's there's some today and that was really good last really last episode was underwhelming but the first five episodes are probably the best alongside wandavision oh wow okay yeah i haven't seen any of hawkeye um but yeah um a lot of i mean gen like 2021 in general i mean you know we've we've kind of brought it up a couple of times talking about video games but it's you know it's a weird time like it's there's weird the the tv is kind of like there it doesn't feel like there are any just standouts like this is the best thing and games have been the same way like you know it kind of feels like the same thing like a lot of really good stuff that's good for a lot of different reasons but you know it's it's all over the map some of it's like really good to this person some of it's absolute garbage to another person Mm -hmm. and um yeah that's the that's kind of the big takeaway is that there's there's a lot of neat stuff um also i need to read more i guess because there are a lot of books from 2021 that i just haven't touched i've been catching up on old books um i have a shelf full of books that i bought back in like 2015 that i need to read and yeah it's just i agree it is what it, it is what it is um but Corey. This has been our um, favorite non-gaming thing. Yeah. Um, this this happens so rarely, but you know, I'm glad whenever it does. I'm glad we can 
talk about some non-gaming stuff every once in a while. Me too. This might be this might be something we should do about every six months. Should be like, hey, what have, yeah. what else have you done for the or the last six months? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. a it's a nice little retrospective. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, as we get into, I know it's a it's been a little chaotic around the end of the year, but you know, we'll we'll always have a little bit of that with the extra bits at the end of our episodes. But, um, but yeah, Corey, um, you know, as we're wrapping up here, where where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me over on the internet at uh, hash slinging thrasher on instagram where the main thing you would see is me making my bread which is also my favorite one of my favorite things i've yes. done over 2021 it looks delicious um or you can follow me on twitter at stay thrashy um where yeah i am sort of active there but yeah but most importantly as always follow the page at arc underscore OT. Yes. Um, you can also follow us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram. Um, not sure why you would currently. We don't it's have very a whole lot going on there, but, but yeah. One but day. you know, again, there there's it's it's just the calm before the storm, baby. It's gonna Ooh, yeah. it's gonna light up. Um <laughs> you can email us at any point, um, arcadecozy at gmail.com. Yes. Comments, concerns, questions, please ask them, throw it, throw them our way. Um, review us on Please. many different outlets. Let us know um, what you think. We Apple Podcasts. That. Yeah. Apple Podcasts allows it. Uh, Spotify soon. Um, please, anywhere. Um, we take every comment and concern and compliment and criticism. Um, seriously? Yes. So, you know, let loose. Let us know what you're, what you're thinking. Um, me, personally, you can find at SwissFunJo on Twitter, um, where I tweet... Um, existential dad and um, anti-corporate establishment things on occasion. Um, yeah, and then, uh, at Four Point Pixel on um, Instagram, where I take pictures of video games. Yes, um, for funsies. Um, but yeah, Corey. Next week we will to to kind of lay this out for people. We will be releasing the first of two parts yes. of our game of the year discussion. Um, you know, we, we will be recording that and just, you know, to make it easier on everybody, you know, we kind of decided that it would, it would be a little bit easier to break it up. Um, so we'll be doing a top 10 game of the year discussion. Um, and it'll kind of be broken up into a bottom five and then a top five yep. episode. Um, and that way too, I mean, if it, if it's something where you're like, well, you know, I, I don't, I really only, only want to know what their, their favorites are, yeah. then, you know, you don't have to skip through half an episode. You can just hop in at, you know, part two and get going. Um, but those will start rolling out, um, next week as we're, or those will, yeah, those will start rolling out, um, after the beginning of the new year yep. and, um, you know, we'll move into 2022 pretty fresh from there yeah um but yeah Corey, we're a couple of days from christmas merry christmas merry happy holidays christmas. to you sir yes merry christmas um, to you happy holidays to all of our listeners uh happy you know whatever you choose to celebrate um i hope it's gone great for you or is going great for you and that you feel loved and appreciated um by those that you care about care for um, absolutely yeah yeah our we we really appreciate each and every one of you for 
listening to us um, ramble on in this way, the way that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope that you have a, have a wonderful time. And you know, if you're listening to us around the holidays, if you're sharing us, hi mom, hi dad. Um, We love you too. Um, I hope you're enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, until the goatee discussions, Corey, I'm excited. I can't, can't wait to hear it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. I have my list all ready and set. I think I'll need to go back through and just double check one more time, but I feel pretty confident yeah, with yeah. it. But yeah. Corey, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should your hobbies be too, sir? Let's go. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.